everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host Liz Fiddler. Today is as I'm recording this, it's Thursday, September 21st and I am just getting started with fall cleanup. So remember I am in zone 4B and our last frost is Literally, it could happen at any time. So we are constantly checking the forecast. There is nothing in the 10-day forecast that I can see for frost. There's nothing even below 43. So again, this is season four of growing cut flowers, and I have never paid attention to frost dates in my life until I started doing this. I will say that Three years ago, so my year one of growing was like September 20th. It was right around now. And so everything died at that point. I didn't do anything to try to save anything. And it was just done. And then the next year was Josh had passed away that December of that first year. And I found out I was pregnant. So then I had Davy that August. And so I was on maternity leave through mid-November for my nurse practitioner job. And I just remember that year thinking, what the heck? Like, why won't you die? Why won't you flowers die? Because I am so sick of cutting you and selling you. And I just wanted to be done with the season. And it was like October 20th, which is a really long time to be continuing, you know, to cut these flowers, but yet, you know, they were profitable. And so I didn't want to just tear them down, but I didn't. So I basically had to wait until then to start garden cleanup, which was fine. Cause I was still recovering from, you know, giving birth eight weeks prior or six weeks prior. I probably shouldn't have been doing tons of garden work, but you know, here we are. And so anyway, and then I think last year was somewhere around October 10th or something like that. We'll see. I don't think it's going to be before October 1st for sure. But just keeping a close eye on it, and I really do want to continue to try to sell the dahlias and just get more bang for my buck and have them as focal flowers in arrangements. So we're going to do a few episodes, a few different series. You know, there's so much that goes along with fall cleanup and fall preparations. And again, everyone says, what do you do in the off season? Well, honestly, I'm, I'm basically from the very beginning of April when I start harvesting my tulips until... For sure, late November, I am I'm flower farming. It's like full on April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. For sure, eight months out of the year, I am actually farming because I have high tunnels that extend my growing season. We start picking things from the high tunnels in April and then the high tunnels get planted in November when it's too cold to do stuff outside if it is too cold. So for example, I will plant my tulips I have 26,000 tulips coming. I'm planning on planting about 10,000 of them inside the high tunnels and the other 16,000 or so will be outside. Probably. We'll see. We'll see how space allows. But I'm definitely going to get the stuff grown outside done first because I can always, if it's cold, if it's rainy, if it's snowy, whatever the weather conditions are, the stuff inside of the high tunnel can definitely be done at a later time. So that that takes late priority or it can be done like fill in, you know, Lindsay's here three days a week. So I have to take advantage of when she's here. If she's coming and it's going to be 37 degrees and rainy out late October, I'm not that mean. We're not going to be outside planting tulips in that weather, but we can go inside the high tunnel and plant tulips. So trying to just like capitalize on that unpredictable weather and just make a plan. 
peddling perishable products takes planning. So the first thing that I want to talk about in today's, I think it's probably going to be three or four parts, honestly, like fall cleanup, fall preparation, fall tasks. And so today I want to talk about the importance of taking notes on your flower farm. Honestly, I say this every year, I I need to do it. I have a notebook that I have and I need to just write everything down. I do take notes in my phone. I have a little notes tab in there. I do want a Google Doc for Lindsay and I to both be able to use, but honestly, it just having a good old-fashioned notebook to write things down by hand, sometimes the act of seeing it physically there because we get so desensitized from our phone. I don't think about, you know, when I look at my phone, I don't think it look I don't think of adding to my farm notes. But when I see my notebook sitting there, I do think about adding to my farm notes. So sometimes that visual reminder is so important as we get desensitized to the things that we see every single day or setting aside time to do it. You know, maybe every single Sunday night or whatever it is at 7 p.m. sit down and or, you know, in the summertime, walk through the flower farm and just reflect on everything. So what worked? What didn't? What did we have fun doing? What sucked? What have we outgrown? What are we what are we done doing? What do we not want to do anymore? You know, what do we actually want to grow? What do our customers want us to grow? And so kind of, you know, keeping track of those things. I did do that for a wedding that we did. We did our first like full on wedding as a florist basically last weekend. And we went through and we wrote down like, what did we like about it? What did we not like about it? We asked ourselves questions like that bride had a pretty dream, flexible, vision and I mean, truly even budget. She wasn't, you know, super strict on what it had to be. And so we were not limited on what we could get. And so we could really just kind of dream big and get the flowers that we wanted, which was so fun. And they turned out beautiful because we didn't have any limiting factors like that. But I did ask Lindsay and she's, you know, who she's my right hand gal. I'm like, well, would we have had fun if these flowers were not exactly how we could have dreamed if we were limited on resources of what we could buy? Like, would they have been as fun? And she's like, oh, yeah, it would have been as fun because we would have made them pretty. I'm like, yeah, until it's Fourth of July and some bride wants leather leaf and red roses and blue thistles and white you know, whatever, like red, white, and blue. Like, I don't know. And you know, that's, that's not going to be as fun for us. And so it's important to take notes on how you felt because it's so easy in the moment to, you know, forget about that and forget about those emotions. And, you know, what do we actually enjoy doing? If we dread picking something every single time or netting something, or if there's a task that we hate doing, hey, do we actually have to grow those flowers? Do we really need to? They take so much time compared to everything else. I mean, I've even thought about reducing the number of zinnias that I grow because they take so much longer to harvest them because you can't tell by looking at them if they are ready or not. You need to wiggle them and see if they're ready. And so they can just take longer. So it's so important to take notes throughout the entire season of what you're doing. And so I am actually going to go through and give you notes of everything that Lindsay and I wrote down, which it's probably only, I don't know, 30 things we should have been adding to it sooner. However, remember that I am on year four. And so there's a lot of things that we don't need to write down because I have already perfected them. I've already eliminated the things that are an absolute waste of time to grow. I've already eliminated the really obvious things, I should say. And so my notes are probably a little bit more fine-tuned. 
Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from this episode to talk about something else. We're going to talk about my course that I'm launching this fall, Peddling Perishable Products. So they are essentially, if you like the episodes where I tell you how to grow the flowers, I really think you're going to like the episodes where I tell you how to sell the flowers. Ultimately, I tried creating some podcast episodes talking about how I do things and it just felt incomplete. And I really want to make a difference and I want to make it easier on you. And I don't want you to find out how to do things the hard way. If you want more information on how to sell your flowers and turn it into a comprehensive business, click the link within this episode notes and sign up for a Calendly call. I promise it's not intimidating. It's 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you the stats on my sales. I'm going to give you information on the course. Ultimately, if at the end of the phone call, the answer is no or not yet, I promise no hard feelings. I just really, really want to help you turn your cut flower hobby into a successful business if that's what you want to do. Again, no hard feelings. Just sign up on the Calendly link. Thanks. The very first thing that Lindsay wrote down was need triple the zinnias May 8th, 2023. So yep, that was when we did our first succession and she wrote two rows immediately and actually not triple the zinnias, just triple zinnias, meaning a third row of zinnias. Right now we have two and our rows are five feet by 60 feet. And so she wrote two rows immediately and the third is, you know, two weeks later just to have that continuous succession to have fresh blooms. And actually she wrote a lot of these. We drove together down to a twins game a couple months ago and we drove, which is like 80 miles away. And then we drove to Clara city to get some flowers from another flower farmer also a couple months ago, or maybe one month ago. I don't even know. The summer went by fast, but a lot of these were things that I said out loud and she wrote it down or vice versa. Um, Feverfew so much. We have not been growing Feverfew here, but I got some from some other local growers and we're definitely going to expand on that. Status right now we grow purple status. We are going to add apricot, white, and light pink next year. Celosia, we need more of that. We want some giant zinnias. We didn't do a ton of Benares giant zinnias just because they're kind of more, they have to be picked at a certain time and their vase life isn't the greatest if you don't pick them perfect, but we do want some of them. More varieties of snapdragons, orange and pink. I did kind of ask around. I did a lot of the rocket ones. I do think I want to do the Potomac variety next year because they are just a lot hardier, those those subsequent blooms. We wrote, ask area farmers, ask around about early bloomer dahlias. So like, what, what do people have that blooms early in Minnesota? Um, one more row on each end of dahlias. Far end first impressions, zinnias. Yes, so we had... The very far ends of our flower rows were just kind of ugly because they were the bupleurum and the stalk that had finished blooming out. And we more or less decided, we didn't even think about it, but when you pickers, when people walk down to the meadow to pick their own flowers, those are the very first two rows that they see. And those are the rows that they usually walk through. And they're really ugly. So we definitely don't want to put those down at the down at the far end for the first impression. We wrote grow some eucalyptus, meaning grow less. If we said some, like we had quite a bit this year in Minnesota, it takes so long for it to get long enough. We're going to do less of that. Different colors of gomfrina. This year we did like a raspberry color. I think it's called like Audrey purple. If I have to, if I had to remember. And we decided to, we're going to add orange and white next year. Staking zinnias with T-posts. Honestly, this is a toss up. 
We've thought about corralling them. As I look down, they do pretty well. They're not knocking over at all. I don't know. They do pretty good, especially the Oklahoma varieties and the Queen Lime varieties that we do. So I don't know. That's... I'm going to just put a question mark next to that one. At one point, we decided we needed to do it. Right now, it's September 20th. I don't know. I think they're just fine, but maybe early August, we decided we should have done that. I don't know. And then we wrote less snap or divided into four colors. This is also kind of a toss-up. We had thought that we had a lot of snaps in July, but we only had two colors of them, and we definitely want like four colors just to keep us from getting bored. However, for the most part... So next year, we're going to have even more subscriptions, which trying to make as many bouquets as we do, if we're making 50 bouquets a day, multiple days a week, we want more quantity of less ingredients. It just makes it so much easier. If we have 100 white snapdragons and 50 you know, lime green zinnias and 100 orange status and 100 of something else and 50 of something else, it makes it go so much quicker because we can say, okay, two of these, one of these, two of these, one of these, we already know we make one, we make sure it looks good. And then we can make 50 of them. If we are making every single bouquet is a little bit different because we've maybe got 30 of these and 20 of these and 40 of these, then we have to spread it out. And you got to be so much more mindful about those ingredients that you use. And so we want larger quantities of less things because it makes subscriptions go so much faster when we're making them. We do want to grow some blue thistle perennials. I don't know, this might be the one, literally the one thing that we plant from seed, get some seed trays of it. I need to look into that. A lot of people love it. Like brides love it. People love it. Um, It's a perennial around here. We're going to look into that. Lindsay wrote sedum times 10,000. <laughs> we do want to transplant a bunch of autumn joy sedum in our perennial beds, which is, you know, farther away. It, it's fine if it starts looking ugly or weedy or whatever. We just pick from it as we need it. I think we're going to add way more sedum because the beginning of June through frost, literally we can use it as needed. We also want to add more yarrow there. We are going to grow more scabiosa. We want different kinds of amaranth than we grew this year. We could eliminate probably a third of our amaranth. We pinched it way too late. And so it kind of just hacked it down. It, it just did nobody any favors. More successions of bupleurum. Stock, we just wrote a question mark. You know, if I'm being honest, I don't think I'm going to grow any stock next year. I absolutely love it. It's fragrant. Maybe I'll get one tray of it next year just to have for fun. But honestly, it it takes up just as much room as you know anything else. Or I shouldn't say that. You can plant it a lot closer together, but it takes just as much work to plant anything else. And it's a one and done plant, meaning once you cut it, it's done. Whereas each Snapdragon plant gives us... <laughs> probably 30 or 40 stems throughout the entire summer. That might be an exaggeration, but no, I I think so. Like probably one, probably two stems a week for literally late June through frost, um, if you average it out. And so, and especially we get that big flush again in the fall, whereas a stalk is once it's done and then you have to plant something else in its place and they're pretty, but nobody is coming to our flower farm for the stock. Nobody is like, oh, where did, where did that stock go? I mean, it smells pretty and it's good. And it'd be nice to have like one in a bouquet, but the snapdragons look a lot similar and they keep producing. So I just think the amount of work and what we get and what we sell them for, I don't think we'll do it. 
All right, podcast listeners, I have an ask of you. Between writing these episodes, recording, editing, uploading, and the fees to even have an account, this podcast takes a lot of time, effort, and resources. I'm fortunate to have a team helping me out, but it's time to evaluate where this podcast is going and if we can continue doing this. I have had so many messages and emails letting me know that this podcast has brought some bit of joy to people's day or week and is entertaining, inspiring, or in some other day just improves their life, their drive, whatever it might be. And I want to keep this podcast focused on content that informs, entertains, and is mindful of your time. And one way to accomplish this is through direct listener support. Your support would help the show not only continue, but grow. If you look at this episode's notes, you'll find a link that talks about Sunny Mary Meadow Premium. I've set up a link where you can quickly and easily support the show and the whole thing takes about 60 seconds. We are asking for $7 a month to help continue our mission. If the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast is a part of your day or week and you love what you're doing, please visit the link and consider supporting us. As a special thank you, you will receive access to weekly bonus episodes of what we did on the farm that week. It's anywhere from a five to 15 minute episode. So think of that $7 as a high five to keep us going and creating the episodes. So it's less than $2 a week just to keep us going so we can keep doing this. Thank you. We said put some basil down in the main garden grow more of it. Um, The side of the hill zinnias. So that means on the other side of our high tunnel, we just want to put all zinnias there. We don't need to worry about any crabgrass going through. We really don't need to weed it. And it's just nice so that we can leave the zinnias in the U-Pick area and then pick the ones by the side of the hill for subscriptions if we need to. And then we're going to try to plant... Oh, let's see here. What does this say? Try to plant bells of Ireland, Bupleurum, Orlia, and Feverfew this fall. Yes. If you go back to my episode on cool, hardy annuals, you will hear us talk about annuals that do really well in cold weather like Minnesota. And so my thought is a lot of those that went to seed on their own, they pop up on their own in the spring. There's always a couple of those plants and it's because they self-seeded, went to seed and dropped their seeds. Well, My thought is what if we wait until like late October when we know the soil is cool enough, it's not going to germinate and we just plant the seeds this fall. And then first thing in the spring, they come up. I want to see how it goes. I want to prep the beds, plant a couple packets of seeds, mark them with flags so we know exactly where they are, see how it goes. And then at the very least, the beds are already prepped. We can, you know, use our dibbler so we don't have to work the soil too much. And then we can just see how it goes and try to get plants earlier June. And we want more Dara. Lindsay wrote frosted explosion on the hill. And I think what that means is we know that we have frosted explosion there already. And so we don't need to plant any baby's breath, depending on how it starts growing. I did buy about 40 plugs of baby's breath this year. They are just starting to bloom now, but they were, they planted, were planted pretty late, but they are perennials. Um, so I don't know. I think that we are going to just try to transplant them and see what happens next year. I think the the second year, the bushier plants will produce more baby's breath. I do have the white variety and then pink. Plant liatris. Yes, we want to plant more liatris. They're just nice, nice perennials to have in stems or to have in bouquets like in July. Spirea is nice for June. Yes, it is. I want a couple more spirea bushes. Even around the house, we can use them. Less pink, more earthy tones. Yes, we have... 
way too many pink flowers. We love, love, love pink around here, except for the fact that not everyone loves pink in September. So I think we need just some more neutral pinks that we can carry into, but we want probably less pink snapdragons, less pink status, less pink gomfrina and just kind of carry them through. Whereas if it's like a pink straw flower or a pink dahlia, that's a lot more fall looking because it's a lot more textured. I don't know how else to describe it, but it almost blends more into the earthy tones a little bit. And then we're going to net the lisianthus much earlier and have two or three tiers. We only had one tier of them and we didn't put them high enough, which meant they basically did nothing. <laughs> Our netting didn't. We need it more tight so that they actually do its job. And then we wrote big fillers. I don't know what that means. Um, I'll have to ask Lindsay what that means. I'm thinking, uh, you know, amaranth that are, you know, have bigger leaves or more full, but you know, either that or more fillers. I don't know. Yeah. So I think it's important to go through, take notes. So yeah, that would be the first part of our series on fall preparation. And it's essentially keeping track and reviewing everything that we did throughout the summer. We have to order our seeds. We have to order our snapdragons or not snapdragons. Well, yeah, snapdragons. We have to order our plugs. October 2nd, we have to order our plugs already. That is why it's so important to start planning now and then making those changes for the spring and then getting our seeds ordered and having a plan there so that we can kind of flip the beds in a more timely manner. So thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunny Mary Meadow dot com.